Hey, welcome to Dialogues with D, with me, Udambi Sadube. This is a podcast where we'll be unpacking various topics every couple of weeks. Here we get to challenge, agitate, question, inform ourselves. It's just a safe space. Tune in, join us. So I am Spamanza, Brian Mshongo. Uh, I think that's what appears in my ID card. Um, I am a senior programs officer, project manager for the Democracy Development Program. Um, the Democracy Development Program has been around for the past 30 years. This year, they're commemorating their 30-year existence in the country. started off in 1993 um, and essentially was one of the key stakeholders in trying to dissuade from the um, conflict that was happening between the IFP and ANC in the early days in 1993 towards the transition to democracy. Um, And they've since existed in the space of trying to deepen people's understandings of the work of local government, of government in general, and of the different democratic systems um, that we are operating under. I've joined the organization in 2013, um, and my joining of the organization was uh, serendipitous in the sense that um, I was in my second year of my LLB studies and had found um, that I needed to do some work to be able to just add to the financial situation um, at home, but also to to ensure that I was able to complete my studies in a meaningful way. Um, And so found myself uh, thinking about who to partner with. And of course, DDP came up because they had done some work in my high school um, around leadership development as I was part of the uh, representative council of learners um, and another sort of community-based group um, called... um, generation of actually mad called mad making a difference um and essentially we were young people who are trying to bridge the gap between um the the school leadership environment and what we see in our communities and how do we ensure that we the work that we do in our in our in our school impacts positively on on, on our communities so when then i approached the ddp i had essentially um asked them to say here's a project that I want to do in, in township schools in particular, um, would you be able to assist? And they saw one, my, my ability to lead that project, even though I was a, I was a school student, I mean, a, a tertiary student at the time, um, they saw the skills that I had and they were like, okay, you can join our team on a sort of project assistant basis. And so I started off for a year as a project assistant to one of the uh, project coordinators that existed at the time, that was around at the time. Um, the project that I asked them to partner with me on was the um, debating league. And so debating for me, when I, whilst I was still in high school, debating and public speaking was a mechanism to try um one because i i stammer a lot uh i have sort of a speech impediment um i i used it as a way to gain confidence in my speaking critical thinking all of that um but it also became something that i thought that was quite impactful for me as someone who grew up in a township of inlander um in ter- one in terms of just developing my my sense of the world, what what exists out there, what are the opportunities that are available, but also because of the competitive nature of it, I was able to see myself being competitive against people who come from a different socio-economic environment than myself, um, and 
furthermore, I uh, was able to experience life differently. Um, so um, I was able to dream beyond the the space of of of, of being in a township. What I've seen um, in townships, in particular, that we all we can see um, are the opportunities that are available in our immediate environment, and we say they aren't enough, and we don't have any sort of future. So why not give in to the lifestyle that that sometimes um, becomes easily accessible, whether it be uh, drug use, um, uh, teenage pregnancy, or just the, the the idea that you fall into a life of crime because that's where the money comes in quicker. Those are the role models that we sometimes see in our communities. They feed communities, but at the same time, they are the ones who are committing the wrong wrongdoing. So. I thought, why isn't this something that happened that that is happening more often in in schools, um, particularly in township schools? And so that's the project that we took on board. We established a township debating league called Kwamashu Debating League um, that had uh, at its highest twelve schools, high schools involved, um, and we were competitive for at least three years um, because I think that was the duration of time that the project was under the stewardship of the DDP and myself. Unfortunately, due to funding constraints, we weren't able to continue beyond that. And um, sort of doing an assessment post the, our intervention, or at least our stewardship, it became clear that the sort of bureaucracy at 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 sort of district and circuit level for the Department of Education made it difficult for the teachers who were passionate and the kids who were interested um, to continue that project, uh, at least insofar as its, its competitive nature. That meant that they were able to meet schools who are in the Durban CBD, former Model C schools, private schools, and actually show that, yes, you're from a, a township school, but you have the same capacity and ability to engage. But beyond that, I think um, it's, it was it enabled me to dream. Um, I know I've, I've rambled on quite a bit, but just to lastly say that that project also helped me establish a, a linkage with about five uh, uh, young men and women um, who I've been mentoring for the past um, sort of eight years. And some of them have, are now currently candidate attorneys. Um, some of them have ventured into different spaces, such as corporate, um, and, and it's been amazing to see. Um, one, that, that the, the dream I had about showing young people a different future for themselves, even though they are part of, 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 of sort of township communities, that they can dream differently, but also that their dreams are valid in that sense. And, and of course, the mentorship and, and sort of molding of young people for me is an important part of it, because I think um, if you're not there to answer some questions about how do they navigate life, um, or at least be the one who's asking them probing questions so that they have a, a better ability to think through whatever challenges they might be facing at the time, I think it, 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 is, it is quite significant. So that's, that's who I am and what I'm passionate about in a nutshell. Thanks, Brian. That's actually a perfect and uh, holistic sort of understanding of pe who people are. I think often you get guests and they, you know, they limited to their name. And I think having context, what motivates you, your why, why you are able to contribute to this work is exactly why I do this work. Actually, there were a lot of similarities, um, you know, when I was hearing you speak. I just want to obviously spotlight one particular theme. There seems to be this constant um need and want and desire to give back but also understanding how valuable it is to the next person so this multiplying effect you know your story and how your story has now contributed to others and I think it brings me to this question I've been asking myself as a whole which is what are we here to do like what is the contribution of young people and I think there's a lot of young people who are stuck 
you know, they maybe have made it to a certain level, high school, maybe, maybe varsity, but they still don't quite understand what their role is in society and are maybe itching to give back. Um, and I know ahead of the national elections, everybody's frustrated. I mean, everybody's communicating their frustrations in different ways, but I don't think everybody understands how exactly they need to participate politically. Politics, unfortunately, as a politics student myself, um, it's it always is framed as this very complex thing. But when you really break it down, it's the everyday. It's how your entire life is affected, every facet of your life. So could you just explain to our listeners why you think youth political participation is important, specifically right now in South Africa? Yeah, I think for the very same reason that we are wanting to change the small sort of section of community that we exist in. Um, people have found different ways to participate um, with their own small constituencies, whether you're a gender activist, whether you're an LGBTQ activist, whether you're a healthcare activist. And so connecting the dots between these different constituencies and what impact it has on the social political environment is I think the ongoing work um, that, we, that we're trying to build. I think when we talk about youth participation and development, um, it's, it's intricately linked to um, what capacity do, are, are we providing to young people um, from, from, from early childhood development right up until the space in which we, 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 we conceive of a young person to have grown to somewhat of a young adult? Um, so what capacity do we continue to, to nurture in them um, as, as they move into tertiary and move out of tertiary? And so that's, that's, that's the work that I think needs to unfold over the next couple of years. And currently is unfolding for a number of different organizations. Um, I think the, the gap for me, insofar as all of that is concerned, as I said earlier, was trying to help them understand um, or at least connect the dots insofar as their small work and, and of participation, your poetry that you write, the music that you that 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 you sing, the the the, the spaces that you're a part of, have a significant uh, role to play in the social political development of this country. And so, when you use the talents and and the spaces that you occupy as a young person. Um, to enrich the, the sort of the, the body of knowledge that exists in that space. Um, that's when you start tapping into your activism and your political participation. The difficulty that has happened, unfortunately, because of the um, ways in which the party political nature of our politics has, has evolved is that it's made it seem as though politics is only for political parties and the politics of political parties is not a, particularly attractive to young people. We saw, for instance, in this country, the one significant youth league uh, of the ruling party or the ruling party's youth league only being able to convene a national conference um, uh, after eight years. The, the one that had constituted eight years ago, even um, even that has some challenges that, that perhaps it needs, still needs to answer for in terms of um, the internal democratic processes that might have been able to happen in, the, in that space. Um, we don't, we hardly hear, for instance, of the IFP's Youth Brigade, for instance, outside that Kulego um, Tlengwa is, is an amazing product of the of that space, um, who is uh, who's, who's, who's currently convening um, the, 
one of one of the commissions, SCOPA, um, um, Standing Committee on Public Accounts of Parliament, and 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 he's one one example um, for the Democratic Alliance, which is the, the, the official opposition. Um, we've seen them also bring young people quite significantly onto the space, but it seems as though um, that's not those ideas and 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 those ways of 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 identifying um political participation is not attractive to the broader range of 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 young people and that's a failure of the system necessarily and not necessarily of the of of of, of the young people for not wanting to be engaged in that space but what i was saying is that it's important to try and connect those small uh what they perceive as small at least um uh acts of 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 of, of activism those small uh, in sort of intentional steps towards developing their own spaces and communities and constituencies to the broader social political environment and so um when 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 young people convene every friday for instance i know often into zoom and have poetry sessions that mm. those poetry sessions are speaking to 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 a, a broad range of issues that they might want to confront in their communities how do you move that um action of them convening those spaces towards influencing the public discourse either of that community or of that municipality and so that i think those are the the, the elements that are least of, of for youth development that ought to be um refined and and made better yeah you've put it so perfectly i think for me the question i've often gotten from young people is yes do we get it maybe our activism, no matter how small we perceive it to be, is important for the bigger picture. But the question that people always then ask, they sort of flip it and say, what is the cost of us not doing it? Because the, the frustration is often rooted in, yes, we're doing, but it somehow isn't resulting in any positive change or impact, or we, or we can't touch it and feel it, or we can't, we, we're feeling discouraged, right? So what is the cost mm. of of young people not participating you know what are the consequences in 10 20 years time for the young person who's like well i'm not going to register you know i i'm sick and tired i'm i've voted before no i, I don't seem to see any change um you know i'm not going to be around for very long so who cares i think a lot of people don't seem to understand that if you don't do that there's actually a very heavy social cost and i, I would love to hear your perspective on that Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I think I might have lost you there a bit, Dambisa, but hopefully you can hear me. Please do let me know. Um, so I think when we identify the cost, uh, one of the things that we've done, unfortunately, is we've created a situation where we scare young people with the picture of other countries who have degenerated to such an extent that it becomes uh it doesn't it doesn't connect with them so if you say for instance in south africa um look at where zimbabwe is for instance um young people in their minds still see zimbabweans going to the polls and voting and they still see that the, the vote isn't yielding the right sort of the results, for instance. Or on the other hand, you have um, the older generation and our parents who have the potential to say people died for this for this franchise, um, apartheid was a thing, um, and so we should care about that participation on that level. And I think that also is 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 is, is problematic because we've seen our parents struggle um, to gain meaningful access to spaces of employment, to have dignity as as, as South Africans um, post-apartheid during the democratic era. Um, issues of housing, issues of the fact that um, 
most parents in townships don't have the time to be attending um, uh, school meetings, which means that there's a disconnect between what child requires what the school is able to provide and that sort of parenting space and so we grew up in those circumstances and so all of the things and the pictures that you're trying to paint when you talk about what the impact of the lack of participation means doesn't connect with young people and so for me what I've started to do more of um, is to ask young people what it is that they care about. Um, and recently, uh, two months or so, or a month back, I was I was convening a space with some gender activists. And so um, one of the questions was around their political participation, and the majority of them were quite young. Um, and so they were saying, listen, we're, we're disgruntled. Um, we all of the stuff that you usually hear, we don't want to participate, we want to engage with the with the, with the space because of the challenges that we've been confronted with. And my question was, you guys are here convening around gender issues. You're developing policy, you're engaging with with, with legislation, you're engaging in advocacy and lobbying, which is a significant part of the political system. Um, what impact do you think your not voting will have? Um, so for me was who are you putting in the position or not putting in the position to receive the mandate that you're issuing out as an activist? So if you're if you're engaged in a in some work, um, who is, who is it that you're giving your mandate to in order to effect that change? The the people that we have in at the moment in parliament and 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 council municipalities. Um, are they the right people to be receiving the message that you're putting out there? Have they been responsive to the issues that you, you've been able to, to ask? Um, and so ultimately, if you are not participating in the, at least in, in voter, voter in vo voting wise, it means that you're not putting yourself at an advanced position to be able to say, I've given you a specific mandate. I expect for on this mandate to be practiced in this sense. And the discourse, unfortunately, in our country has not been made practical to that extent or that level. And to, to a large extent, um, it, is a, it is a lack of real civics and values-based education. When we say, yes, the vote is important, but that's not ultimately what matters. If we say the vote is important, we need to ensure that all of all of the mechanisms surrounding that vote are also fleshed out in a way that's meaningfully accessible to all people. And of course, not just young people, because even um, the old generation is having difficulty understanding the, mechan the mechanics of how um, the exchange of my vote means that I that I that I task you with a specific responsibility. When you stop and uh, acting on that responsibility, then you then you essentially um, one dissolving the the contract that exists between yourself and my and myself. And ultimately, then I have the ability to institute new contracts uh, or new contractual arrangements with someone else. Um, I think if we start to think about um, the franchise, the vote of a young person as an exchange of mandate between the, 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 the young person the, and, and the person either via the political party or even as an independent candidate as, as a new legislation in our country is going to allow, um, I think we, we start to have a significantly different conversation. Um, so yes, the cost of our participation as young people means that probably quite far down the line, uh, our country degenerates, but at the, at the, uh, at the onset, it, it means that you're not allowing, you're not putting yourself in the best position to be able to give 
your, your, your mandate to the right person who will be responsive to what it is that you're asking for. Um, if you don't participate, the people that are there will not be as responsive as they ought to be to the things that you are yearning for in order to be able to actualize in the different spaces. Um, and so I think um, if you're asking for innovative policies, for instance, as a young person, are the people that are in government innovative in the way in which they, 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 they perceive and think about society? If they're not, have you exercised your franchise to be able to, to put the right people in that space? If there are impediments to their participation, are they communicating with you? Um, and so um, to what extent does your franchise and your vote uh, put the right people insofar as their ability to, to communicate with you um, as a, and, and give feedback and accountability mechanisms, et cetera? And so those are the things I think that we need to start fleshing out more intentionally for young people as opposed to the other side of where we're potentially scaring people um, unjustly. Um, and so even that scare tactic just leaves people more um, or more likely to not participate going, going forward because of the fact that they're like, what if this, this, this situation is already beyond repair? Mm. Um, we're seeing a lot. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you've put it perfectly. I've actually never heard anybody frame it as perfectly as you have. Um, and so I'm definitely sure that whoever's listening will find this valuable. I think another risk is to focus so much on getting people to the polls, you know, that we forget to have a holistic approach. So for people to really understand, like you say, what they're actually doing, you know, what this means beyond them voting and what responsibility that they need to feel that they have even after they voted. So how to hold politicians accountable, how to continue to do the work within their own spaces. Um, and I'd like you to please shed light. I know that in the beginning you did already um, contextualize your work for DDP um, and your journey with the organization. But I think the work that you're doing is so interesting and so valuable and is located in Durban. You know, it's it's really, really amazing the work that you do. So my next question is really to um, get a sense of DDP's contribution to this challenge. So the approach that you take and perhaps even the impact that you are making um, in, in that specific region specifically. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for the question, Damisa. I think I appreciate and I receive all of the, 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 the wonderful sentiments that you share around the work that I do and that we do at the organization. I think um, what's important for us is centering the experience of the citizen, um, identifying one, the citizen not as a as a recipient um, of, 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 of innovation, of, 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 of inputs from government, They're waiting for, for, for government in order to act. They're not waiting for their local councillor to act, but they are the ones who have the capacity in order to be able to shift the the environments that they that they exist under and so that's the the first part of the, of, of the discourse that we when we engage overall in terms of programming um, there are sort of three key things and key activities that we undertake in order to try and engage uh, citizens um, towards uh, establishing an understanding of the, the potential value um, that their voice has in our social political environment. On the one hand, we offer uh, workshops. Um, those workshops are targeted at um, individual organizations um, or persons within those organizations, as well as political parties. And when I talk about organizations, 
I'm talking about CSOs, uh, community uh, organizations, community-based organizations who are looking to develop more capacity around different segments or fields uh, around sort of engaging local government in particular, but more broadly uh, understanding the different uh, sort of democratic uh, instruments that they can use in order to be able to empower themselves um, and their constituencies. We work with political parties. Um, one of the key things that we try and, and do with political parties is to help them think about um, what are the skills that they are lacking within their core sort of community-based local uh, uh, leadership groups or at, at some political parties. Um, they're called BECs, branch executive committees. Um, so when when they have that, that community leadership group, how do they ensure that they are sufficiently capacitated to deal with community problems, not just when they are in power, but also when 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 they when they are in opposition or where even in instances where they don't necessarily have a vote yet, um, but when they start to create some level of, of of activism and activity, that it's not just around their partisanship and their politics. Of course, we do also engage. Um, political parties to understand what it is that their manifestos have to offer and how do they become more responsive to community needs um, in developing some of those spaces. The second element of work that we try and do is, is these public forums um, and public forums take the form um, of dialogues um, uh, with, 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 with key sort of Leadership thought leadership thought leaders in 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 the space that we convene in. So it could be um, we bring in an expert from from outside of KZN um, who is able to put us in a mind space to understand the specific contextual conversation, and those are usually around the subject matter um, that that is being talked about. So uh, one of the uh, ones that are staple for us, for instance, is. Um, is the conversation on the state of the nation address that happens quite quite early in the year uh, in February, and then we follow that up with with the state with the budget address um, that is usually given by the the Treasury Minister or the Minister of Finance, um, and so we contextualize that for local communities to understand that yes, it's happening in Cape Town, yes, it's happening in in Pretoria, um, all of these discussions in terms of how uh, significant they are. But they have an impact for you as you are occupying your your, your home, as you're working in municipalities, as you're working in the different spaces that you that you occupy. And so that's the work that we try and do to make national issues have a very local appeal, so that people can understand how to navigate that space between what it is that they're experiencing from 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 their own homes, the doors, their own doorsteps. Um, up until they start to engage with the with the national news media, um, and the third element of this, um, of course, the, when I talk about the second element, is not just public forums; it's also conferences, um, which which and tap, all of these things tap into different constituencies, whether it be academia, civil society organizations, ordinary activists, um, or just ordinary citizens who are looking to enrich their knowledge or body of of knowledge uh, in in that respect. Um, the the third element is our sort of community dialogues, um, and those community dialogues take the form of engaging on the subject matter at community radio stations, and some of them, and and of course we also go to communities themselves, um, and those uh, community dialogues are driven by 
our community uh, partners, CSOs that exist within those community spaces. One, 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 one element of that is, is brought on by the fact that we understand that we, as an organization, doesn't have necessarily a footprint um, in terms of staffing, at least, um, to be able to be in those different communities. We also don't understand the, the specific community issues uh, at a level that, that can allow us or enable us to be able to speak authoritatively on the community issues that that, that, that come out. On those issues, we've encountered uh, conversations that are very uh, community-centered, uh, whether it be uh, a, a clinic committee of that area wants to convene meetings uh, to ensure that they increase the quality of the service being provided at the local clinic, um, whether it be young people in the space who want to uh, launch a campaign to have a uh, community library in the space. I think back in 2017, 2018, we had a, an organization called the Linden and Youth Forum that we were working with that was able to successfully launch a campaign um, to establish a, a community library where they had, I think it was a eight to 12 schools in their ward, um, but there was no library that was able to, to help who wanted to do further studies beyond um, what, what they were being taught in school and do research and all of that sort of stuff, um, they were able to establish a community library. Um, and that's some of the work that we've been able to, to see unfold. Of course, uh, the idea of clinic committees has also been something that's been quite significant in, in very many communities. Of course, one of the things that we try and do with the community dialogues is to say, um, before we get to the point of striking and protesting on the streets, um, what is it that we are able to do together that we can't do alone insofar as organizing ourselves um, and ensuring that whatever issues that we have are being communicated adequately to the to the various stakeholders that, that need to hear us. Um, and so that's that's been some of the work that we've been able to convene around. Yeah, really impactful work too. I think you can really tell that there's an intentional approach and there's a nice combination of we're engaging, but we're also, uh, you know, reaching, we're going beyond the room. I think a lot of people get frustrated by that. Like we're talking, we're talking, when do we implement? When do we make impact? How sure are we that the people in the room are the right people that, you know, that they're able to then also, you know, have that multiplier effect. So kudos to DDP. And I'm obviously encouraging people to get in touch with you and possibly participate. I know that you have um, a nice, strong, visible um, presence online so and people can you know attend certain events as well I think in closing um, to sort of tie it together what is perhaps your take on the importance of having some of the discussions that you're currently doing in your organization the, the models that you guys have like the community dialogues is there an opportunity to use social media digital platforms a little bit better or strategically because i feel like that's the direction now it might be fast paced there's some you know uncertainties around the safety and the legitimacy of the online space but from your perspective whether you're wearing your you know your spa, spa hat or whether you know you're wearing your hat as ddp are there opportunities for us as a society collectively to use social media and digital platforms a little bit cleverly in terms of enhancing participation as a whole no, definitely. Um, I think we I think we underestimate the value of social media in the context of the work that we're doing. Quite often, when we think about um, social media, uh, immediately we only think of Instagram and and Twitter. Um, Twitter, on the one hand, quite sophisticated, high level engagement, uh, very meaningful also um, in terms of the discourse that we're able to see on those spaces, but also Instagram 
um, and TikTok in, to some respect because of the short form video content that we're able to see in the different spaces. What's 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 been difficult um, is ensuring that we get the right messaging out there and get it in a way that it's, that is attractive for all people to engage with. And I think that's the that's the next step for our organization, at least, um, to try and ensure that the messaging is not just flighting the entire sort of uh, forum that we might have held in person and had a, a, a virtual element to it, but how do we ensure that we sufficiently um, um, cut and uh, cut and edit the material so that it's adequately accessible. So even if it was held um, in person, but that it's still accessible for someone who is engaging with it for the first time. Um, so th I think that becomes the one, one of the things that we need to try and work on. Um, and so far as uh, also underestimating how engaged rural communities are on a social media perspective is something that I've seen quite often. Um, people, the mis a mistake that people in our sector do. Um, Facebook still has a significant reach and continues to have a significant reach, particularly in rural communities. WhatsApp still has that as well. Um, and, and that's something that we need to try and do better at, um, at being more intentional about the content that we share on those spaces that we don't just need to uh, sort of engage with the, um, the, 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 the the content that we're seeing on Twitter and on Instagram only because it only it particularly affects uh, a specific class of class of people but it's also important that when we do transition over to the to the facebook which is also perceived to be another class of people that we don't dumb down the information um as a, as a guise for making it more accessible but it's also important that when we do make that information more accessible that we are intentional about uh, about the, the perception that we're creating with with that information. So I think broadly, if I, if I'm speaking about um, the, the the civil society spaces in the country, that those are some of the ebbs and flows that I've noticed insofar as the ways in which they use social media. Um, definitely social media and, and what you're doing now with the podcast. Um, I, I, I see va real value in it because. Um, Gone are the days, uh, and 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 I'll say this uh, with with a bit of with a bit of salt, as it were. Um, gone are the days of, of of us watching SABC, and mm -hmm. and that being the only medium, <laughs> the only medium uh, where we can access information. Um, we're being more sort of democratic about the ways in which we consume uh, various various information, and so it, it's important that we allow um people to lead us into the space that they want us to be uh, more visible on that we don't dictate the terms of our engagement just because either we are funding uh, challenges or their capacity challenges that we actually go with where communities are similarly to what political parties need to be doing when they're trying to encourage young people to participate don't just uh, talk to young people talk at young people you must actually be intentional about talking with um, young people in order to be able to hear them um, more significantly. And I think that's, that's the value. Um, there's definitely a lot more room for more short form content. I've been seeing a lot of um, media, specifically some of the stuff that you've tagged as well um, on your Instagram page where there's an emphasis on voter registration. I think this could be this could have been something that the IAC could have been doing since 2016, for instance. Um, but I'm loving the the, the, the 
anticipation that it's creating for the 2024 vote. Um, even some political parties are using the same mechanism, um, either through social media influencers um, or, or even just making sure that themselves, they are creating that short form content that's able to reach various platforms without necessarily um, undermining the audience of those platforms. And I think it's valuable in that sense. There's a lot of scope um, that's going to that's going to help us get to a space where we can we can we can start to galvanize um, larger amounts of young people to participate in, in our electoral processes. Uh, of course, um, again, I'll say that the election is just but one of the elements that we need more participation on. Um, there are various community structures such as ward committees, uh, clinic committees, as I've, as I've mentioned. Um, you in ward committees, there are a number of sectors that, that, are, that are constituted as part of that. Um, so you have young young people, people living with disabilities, women's, women represented in that space. And so those are the various for, forums. Uh, fora that are available for for, for for different people to be able to to engage with uh, at community level. Um, beyond that, I think it's important that we, we we find mechanisms to even make those platforms that are very community oriented to have a visibility on social media, so that people understand that it lives beyond their own ward, lives beyond their own community, and has the value to impact uh, or the potential to impact significantly more than we. We, we, we've thought uh, of, um, yeah. Yeah, it's an exciting space. I think it's obviously clever for people to use, sort of kill two birds with one stone, use the national elections to, 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 to tap into the social media space and to digital platforms, sensitize themselves a little bit more. I think we underestimate the space. I think not everybody's clued up on it. I think it goes and extends far beyond just posting something, but how do we strategically start to communicate using those platforms. And I think using the elections creates this culture of, okay, this is one space where we can tap into various forms of engagement and it sort of lives on forever, right? But how do we continue to use it? Um, I find it very fast paced and, that, and sometimes overwhelming. And there's definitely this fixation of let's focus on certain platforms because a certain class that is already articulate, that already knows the jargon, that can already engage is there. And um, I definitely share the sentiments that we underestimate a certain demographic that may be in rural areas, that may be in townships, that may not even be on social media, regardless of class. Um, so it's an interesting space. And as part, I mean, you know, just your take on all of it is important. And I can't wait actually to listen back myself on this conversation because there were so many gems. Hoping this was valuable for you as well. And I just want to thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy that you put into this work. Um, I hope you're not discouraged. I mean, when I had a conversation with Pearl um, earlier this year, Pearl Pelé, which I know you're familiar with, there's this, often this, this theme of like, we're also exhausted. We're fatigued by the work, you know, especially when you do it every day. Um, they, sometimes yeah. you can get very discouraged. Uh, and I think for me, what motivates me to continue to do the work is honestly these conversations. Um, and, I don't, and I don't just say that, but I always walk away feeling re-energized. I always walk away feeling like I've learned something new. And I always walk away feeling like, no, man, we have to continue to do this work because it adds value, whether it is to one person, whether it is to 10 whether it is too far more, but um, yeah, just that was just my closing to say thank you so much for your time, your energy, your work, and even through maybe the dips, um, please don't be discouraged. I think we need more people like you in the sector for sure. <laughs>